Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for June 25th, 2020. It's the birthday of English novelist, essayist, and journalist Eric Arthur Blair, better known by his pen name, George Orwell, born on this day in 1903 in Bengal, British India. The Orwell family was not wealthy, and in reading Orwell's personal essays about his childhood, you can easily see that his formative years were less than satisfying. However, the young Orwell had a gift for writing, which he recognized at the age of just five or six. Orwell's first published work, the poem Awake Young Men of England, was printed in the Henley and South Oxfordshire Standard when he was just 11 years old. Orwell attended Eton College. Because literature was not an accepted subject for boys at the time, Orwell studied the master writers and began to develop his own writing style. At Eton, he came into contact with liberalist and socialist ideals, and it was here that his initial political views were formed. Orwell moved to Burma in 1922, where he served as an assistant superintendent of police for five years before he resigned because of his growing dislike for British imperialism. In 1928, Orwell moved to Paris and began a series of low-paying jobs. In 1929, he moved to London, again living in what he termed fairly severe poverty. These experiences provided the material for his first novel, Down and Out in Paris and London, which he placed with a publisher in 1933. At about the same time, while teaching in a small private school in Middlesex, Orwell came down with his first bout of pneumonia due to tuberculosis, a condition that would plague him throughout his life and require hospitalization again in 1938, 1947, and 1950. In 1936, Orwell moved to Spain to write newspaper articles about the Spanish Civil War, and it was in Spain where Orwell found what he had been searching for, a true socialist state. He joined the struggle against the fascist party, but had to flee when the group with which he was associated was falsely accused of secretly helping the fascists. By 1939, Orwell had returned once again to England, and in 1941 took a position with the BBC as the person in charge of broadcasting to India and Southeast Asia. Orwell disliked this job immensely, being, as he was, in charge of disseminating propaganda to these British colonies, an act that went against both his nature and his political philosophy. So, in 1943, Orwell took a job more to his liking as the literary editor of the Tribune. Shortly after Orwell and his wife, Eileen O'Shaughnessy, adopted a son in 1944, Orwell became a war correspondent for The Observer in Paris and Cologne, Germany. Tragically, Eileen died in the beginning of that year, just before the publication of one of his most important novels, Animal Farm. Despite the loss of his wife and his own battle with poor health, Orwell continued his writing and completed the revision of 1984 in 1948. It was published early the next year with great success. Orwell's writing career spanned nearly 17 years. Ironically, although Orwell didn't consider himself a novelist, he wrote two of the most important literary masterpieces of the 20th century, Animal Farm and 1984. 
While these are the most famous novels of his career, his memoirs, other novels, and essential work as an essayist all contribute to the body of work that makes up important 20th century literature. Orwell's writing is rooted in the struggles between the giant isms that disfigured the 20th century. He fought against fascism as a volunteer in the Spanish Civil War, believing pacifism was a luxury paid for by other people, but realized the hollow promise of communism when the anti-Stalinist group he was fighting for was hunted down by the pro-Stalin faction. He witnessed firsthand the self-deception of true believers. Today, as we all know, there's another set of isms, such as nationalism and populism, who operate through the mobilization of that most dangerous of feelings, resentment. And everywhere you look in the contemporary world, strongmen are in positions of power. They share the need to crush opposition, a fanatical terror of dissent and self-promotion. Big brothers are no longer a joke, but strut the world. But the greatest horror in Orwell's dystopia is the systematic stripping of meaning out of language. The regime aims to eradicate words and the ideas and feelings they embody. Its real enemy is reality itself. Tyrannies attempt to make understanding the real world impossible and seek to replace it with phantoms and lies. Titan of 20th century literature and tragically preternatural visionary, George Orwell died from complications of tuberculosis on the 21st of January of 1950 at University College Hospital in London, England. He was just 46 years old. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. I don't know about you, but Dan Newton's lovely cafe music always makes me feel a little bit better. And if it makes you feel better too, head over to CafeAccordion.com. And when you do, tell him I said hi.